Our gospel lesson for today, the fourth Sunday of Easter, comes from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. O oh, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I've been around Underwood for quite a few years now. And because of that, I've really gained a lot of familiarity with a lot of the people, both from within the congregation and just within the community. People that I recognize, people that I, I know their voice, people that I just plain know because of the time and because of that, that, that shared experience together. Now, I can think of two people in particular that when I'm sitting in my office here in the church, pretty much straight that way past the camera, I can sit there and as soon as the front door opens, I can hear it. And within about two seconds, I know who that individual is. Now it's a combination of a couple of things. One, I recognize their footsteps because I've heard them often enough. And the other one is just a familiarity with that individual's schedule, kind of when they tend to show up, and depending on the time of day as well as the day of the week, and then the sound of those footsteps, I know who that person is even before they say hi or poke their head around the corner into my office. It's just that sense of familiarity, both by, by sight, but also even by sound and, and just in general. Now, as I think about that idea, I'm thinking about something that I learned or something that I saw, something that I experienced when I was growing up. Now, many of you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad was both crop farmer as well as a dairy farmer up through about the middle of my teenage years. And I can remember many, many, many times, especially when I was younger, when we'd be out for afternoon chores and dad would send me out into the pasture to round up the cattle and get them moving up towards the barn for, for milking purposes so we could, we could get them milk and get the chores done. Now, cows are interesting creatures. They're, I think they're fairly smart, but they're also creatures of habit. So usually they would know kind of about the time of day when, well, okay, we're gonna get fed pretty soon. That's gonna be a good thing. So they're thinking about getting towards the barn. But countless times I can remember going out into the pasture and trying to get them moving. And I kind of wave my arms at them and kind of yell at them and try and get them going. And they might walk 10 feet, but they weren't really gonna pay attention to me. And they went right back to eating grass. And this would go on over and over and over again. And I'd be outside for a few minutes trying to get him moving up towards the barn. And dad would be ready for him. And he could just step out the back door of the barn, not even visible to the cows. And he could give that big yell that many of you familiar with cattle probably know. And maybe you've heard it before. Come boss. And they would hear it. And doop, 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 off they'd go right towards the barn, pretty much right past me. And I would just stand there like, well, why did I even come out here? But they knew dad's voice. 
They trusted dad's voice. They seem to know that when he calls, we're going to get fed. We're going to go inside. Everything's going to be fine. It's that sense of familiarity. And that right there, folks, is all over our scripture for today. Now, today's the fourth Sunday of Easter. And every single year, despite where we are in the ongoing repeating cycle, this is always called Good Shepherd Sunday. That's why we had that familiar Psalm 23 as well. The Lord is my shepherd. That's always featured as well. And now we have this. Now, it's a larger portion than just what we heard here from John's gospel. But in this one in particular, this is the part where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He calls himself that, and not just once, but actually twice in this. And as he talks about being the good shepherd, it raises the question, well, what does that mean? And, and maybe that's just a question that's in my head, but maybe you've thought about it as well. What does this mean that Jesus is calling himself the good shepherd? Well, it seems that he answers that question both times. But both times, it indicates this idea of relationship, this idea of familiarity between the shepherd and the flock, between the one who offers care and the ones who receive the care, between Jesus and his audience. I am the good shepherd. Both times, he seems to give this same sensibility. And, you know, the first one that catches my attention, I know them, and they know me. This sense of being known, familiarity, as I said. This idea of relationship, of trust, of knowing what to expect, of, of not only knowing, but also being known. That is an idea that I really appreciate and that I thought a lot about when I thought about the different relationships that exist in the world. Now, we all have relationships with countless different people to varying degrees of familiarity and, and even emotional intimacy with one another. Think about the different relationships you have. We have relationships between siblings. We have relationships between parents and children. We have relationships between cousins. We have relationships between friends. We have relationships between neighbors. We have relationships between coworkers. We have relationships of all nature, even the, relation, the rom romantic relationships that exist between spouses or partners, all of these different things that, that uh, when, when we share with one another, we share of ourselves, they share of them, themselves, and we have this mutual knowing. Now, of course, some relationships have that more than others. Some relationships, we let our guard down more. We're more vulnerable with one another. We risk that vulnerability, and folks, that really speaks into it. And it speaks to both the good and the bad. Think of the depth of those relationships, those people that you know best, the people who know you the best, the ones that you can just give them a look and you know what one another are thinking. Or you have inside jokes with one another. Or you just share in so much together. And this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing, but it also brings with it a sense of risk. Because when you have that depth of connection, that depth of familiarity, that depth of, of the relationship itself. That's why when it gets broken, it can hurt so much more. Think of the, the pain that comes with those deep relationships that are damaged when the trust itself is severed or it's, it's upended or something happens that damages that relationship. And that, if you've experienced that, you know that exists so much deeper than that of someone who maybe you barely know, who you pass on the street, or maybe it's a, a neighbor or someone who lives across town. And it's like, well, okay, that happened, but I don't care. The stronger the depth of the relationship, the, the more damaged, the more painful, the more we risk in it. 
But that risk is worth it. We really dive into it as that familiarity, as that trust, as all of that connection happens. And I think that speaks to the other aspect that Jesus was talking about. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd is the one who cares enough to lay it all on the line, to put it all out there. Not just that, oh, there's, there, I'm here because I benefit from it and I'm going to run away at the first sign of trouble, like the hired man that he talks about. No, the shepherd, the one who is good, is the one who's willing to risk it all for those that he cares about and those that care about him. Now, as I think about all this nature of relationship, this is something we've talked about before, but I think about what is the basis for that relationship in the first place? Where does this innate desire, this innate need that we all have to be in relationship with one another, where does it come from? And folks, I believe it comes from the beginning of our creation, the beginning of our existence in general. If we go all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to the first couple of chapters when God is creating the world, God says, let us create humankind in our image. Now, I think this means two different things that are important for us. One, in our image... Let us create in our image. God is revealing that God exists in relationship. That's the strange idea of the Holy Trinity that we talk about. One God in three persons. We have God the Father, the Creator. We have Jesus the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit. Existing in relationship with one another somehow, even if we don't understand it. But then when God makes us bearing the divine image... I believe that inherent need to be in relationship was one of those aspects that is reflected in the divine image that we all bear. We need that relationship as well, not only with one another, though that's common, but also with God. And I think it's this desire to be known and to know. Now, God is divine. God already knows us intimately, every aspect, even better than we know ourselves. But I believe that God also desires to be known by humanity, by individuals and all of humanity. Now, we have limitations. We know that. We cannot fully comprehend God. We cannot fully understand God. We cannot fully know God. But God does desire that relationship. But God also recognizes that this good world and this good humanity, good as it all is, And as much as both the world and humanity and we as individuals have the ability to be good and to create and to to do all kinds of wonderful things, all of this also has an equal ability for destruction and, and darkness and pain and all of that. All of this is intermingled and God knows that about us. But God also desires to do something about it and to continue to make it possible for these relationships, all of these different relationships, to be somehow repaired, to make harmony possible, to make reconciliation possible when when that brokenness does occur. And that is what God was doing in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I never claim to know and to fully understand what exactly it was that God was somehow accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But Whatever it was, it seemed to make all of this somehow possible, to make reconciliation possible, to make harmony possible, to recognize that, yes, brokenness does occur, brokenness does exist, it happens in all of our relationships, but somehow there is more possible. Now, apparently, 
for whatever it was that God was accomplishing, for this to be done, it, it took the death of Jesus to somehow overcome the brokenness that ultimately results in death. Jesus died, and he was willing to. He was willing to lay down his life for the ones that he cares about, and the ones that he cares about, as we hear, is all of humanity. God so loved the world. And Jesus says, when I am lifted up, I draw all people to myself. Somehow, the ones that God cares for, the ones that Jesus knows, includes everybody. And somehow, God is drawing all people through the death and then, through the resurrection of Jesus. This is the promise that we cling to, the promise of the gospel, that relationships that is so important to all of us, both among individuals as well as between individuals and God, relationships are an inherent need that we all have. And the presence of sin and brokenness in the world damages them. And we know the pain that that causes. And so does God. But the good shepherd the one who calls all of us, the one whose voice can cry out to all of us when he calls us by name. You are my beloved child. I claim you as my own. That voice, that truth that's within it, that is what Jesus proclaims. That is what we follow and what the Holy Spirit places within our hearts to respond to. This is what it means to be in the flock of God, if we want to call it that that we know that voice, just like those cows knew the voice of my dad and responded to it. We respond to the voice of the one who calls us by name. May we cling to that hope and remember that this God who made all of this loves us so much that God will do anything to overcome it. And that even though when we have those times when we walk through the darkest valley, we are not alone because he is there with us.